Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, guys, how's it going out there? I need to tell you something. I'm on week four of these Invisaligners, and uh, I'm I'm a little... I think I'm doing okay. Like, there's no way. I I mean, I am going to follow through on this. I got 10 weeks. I'm on week four. But I feel like, I feel like my mouth, I feel like I'm wearing chewing gum all the time. Okay. So I'm not giving quitting for you guys. So just tolerate it. If it sounds funny, too fucking bad, too fucking bad. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate uh, you tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, the best radio station in the entire world, and Dr. Lisa gives a shit, okay? So anyway, I have this guest on today, and um, he, let's see, let's see, he's looking at me, let's see if, how, he's looking at me with this sort of like poker face, let's see if I can like get his reaction while I, desc- while I describe him. Anyway, I'm a little, actually a little nervous, I'm going to say this because I get nervous sometimes because this guy is really, really good at doing an interview show. And his his name is Jim Tews. If you know anything about comedy, you definitely know who he is. But if you don't know anything about comedy or not a lot about comedy, maybe not. I don't know. He he in my in most comedians, I think I think he's very successful, really. I mean he he plays at the comedy cellar a lot. He tours with Todd Barry. He was on Last Comic Standing. I mean that's a big fucking deal, right? Right, guys? Um, and uh, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, he does like video, audio, he does animation, uh, all that. All, he's, he's, he's good. I mean, he's good. He's made it. He's kind of made it. Do you feel like you've made it, Jim? <laughs> uh, I, fee- I guess I would say that only because if I would tell myself 10, 15 years ago, like this is where you're gonna be. Then it's not what I would have expected, but I would be, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, you always want more. You can't. Right. You can't We're get rid all of like that, really ambitious. Yeah. Here. I was also gonna ask if you could curse on this show, but I found oh, out pretty fast yes. that that's a yeah, well, not I, a big I, fucking deal. Yeah, I think somebody I like to. <clears throat> I always remind people. I think somebody got a blowjob on 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 uh, air in the studio once. <laughs> so not well, in this actual studio, but. So I think that pretty much uh, uh, says we have no boundaries. So anyway, so uh, Jim, Jim, I'm talking about you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Jim does this um, podcast that I personally, I I don't know how I came across it exactly, but it is so good. I really, really, really love it. It's called Quitting Comedy. And what Jim does is he starts out every episode asking you know, talking of talking with comedians about like whatever made them quit comedy, and what you wind up finding out is all these comedians who I, who are really really talented and doing really well. Like what, how hard it is. It's a really good talk about the creative process for any creative person and the struggle behind what you imagine a successful person, uh, what their struggle is. And um, I really. Um, I think it's just a really great um, podcast about the creative process, and there aren't. I think it's. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to say this on the air. Forget it. I'm not going to say this. Okay. Anyway, 
I think it's better than Mark Marin. <laughs> oh. I mean, for that, for that. For, you know, oh, okay. For that. Anyway, uh, the gold I can't talk standard. to musicians like he can, so. Oh, yeah. I don't care about musicians. That's why I like your podcast. I got I got really tired of Mark's podcast because he had too many starlets on, and they're not that interesting. So I'm switching <laughs> over to you. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. So here's the thing about uh, Jim, folks. This is what I'm going to tell you about Jim. That's that's really different. And um, he, well, first of all, there's this line in his bio that says he has yet to completely accept his parents' divorce. So that certainly goes well with our show, right? He's got um, divorce parent issues. But the thing is, I'm going to let Jim describe this a little bit, but he's from a very, I think, a very blue-collar background. Your parents yeah. didn't go to college, no. right? Mm-mm. And, you know, which is very unusual because you're in a very intellectual world now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I would say <laughs> I, I somehow found myself a, li- in a, a little more mm-hmm. on that side of things. So also, the other thing that I think is really unusual about Jim is that he actually signed up in the military. How many creative people do you know ever went into the military? I think it's kind of hot, though. Did girls <laughs> did girls like that? My- I, th- I know. Well, I think they liked it. I don't know if they were responding so much to the fact that I was in the military or the fact that I had lost like 20 pounds in boot camp and got into shape. Oh, yeah. You're in good shape. He's 20. in really good shape. I, when I was in high school, I was fat and then immediately after high school went into basic training and then lost so much weight. Well, my uh, friend Margo and I always say never date a guy who couldn't make it in the military. (laughs) You want a manly man. Uh, So anyway. It was the Coast Guard. It was the Coast Guard. I call that America's most sensitive service. (laughs) But it's still. So I thought what we would do today is learn a little bit about Jim's background so we can imagine that. And then... um. What I was saying to Jim before he came on was that I learned about Jim from doing my research. Do your own fucking research, okay? But I did mine, and I found out that Jim is from this blue-collar background in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And then uh, what happened was he wound up going into the military, probably because that was like your way out of your little hovel in Allentown. And yeah, it was kind of a like here, here's an, e- a, a, an easier-ish way to do something that feels like it counts. Right. And then he was also an advanced placement until 10th grade when he got kicked out. So I'm, I, w- I was supposing, I, I, I have a theory that uh, Jim might have gotten his shit together from being in the military. And we're going to find out about that. But in order to even understand that, and that's how he, that's how come he's a successful comedian, because like your website and everything is like, you're so buttoned up. Do you, <laughs> do you think so? Uh, yeah, there's a definitely a, a like, I don't want to call it neuroses, but like I, I'm, I'm aware of the presentation yeah. and I feel, you know, uh-huh. I still iron my shirts. So were you like that before being in the Coast Guard? No. Okay. So we're going to find out about that. So in order to understand your background, Jim, can you tell us a little bit of, give us a picture of like what growing up was like and where you lived and what happened in 10th grade and your, 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 your direction into the military? How's that? Well, Allentown is the third largest city in Pennsylvania. Um, it, it was home to Bethlehem Steel. Mm-hmm. for a long long time which was you know so that 
region was really killing it for a while. And that's when, you know, like my grandfather worked at the steel. My dad worked at Bethlehem steel. Every, the people on our block worked at Bethlehem steel. Like, and it started when I was a kid, it started to go away, crumble. crumble. And was your dad employed all the time? No, he, he was unemployed for quite a while, right? When I was born. And, uh, so sucks. Yeah. And, uh, and he ended up, I mean, he, he, I, he had a bunch of odd jobs. I remember when I was a kid, like, mm-hmm. uh, he stocked the vending machines in bathrooms with mm-hmm. condoms and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And would t- we would go, he, we would go on his vending machine routes, you know, while he did that. Then he ended up becoming a, a police officer. Oh, that's and good he, though. Yeah. That was his dream. Oh. So yeah, when he, when he, uh, and my mom split. He had a bunch of odd jobs for a while, then went and pursued the the. And cop did you have brothers and sisters? I don't have. I have stepsister. I have a stepsister and two half sisters, and mm-hmm. the stepsister didn't come into my life until I was about four, five, five. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you grew up with her? Yeah, totally. So would that be your mom's husband? That was my mom's husband. So your parents. Ha- so what did your mom do? Did she have my a mom, job? Yeah, my mom was. Uh, she was. She owned her own insurance claims adjuster adjustment business um so she sounds successful yeah and she started as a secretary at another office and then she- and became one of the became the first claims adjuster in uh eastern pennsylvania female claims adjuster in eastern pennsylvania ah, so now it's starting to look that's where you get your like you know you get your shit together from your mom yeah, yeah. There's a, definitely right? a lot of it is from my yeah. mom. Yeah, I mean my dad too, but my they, they have very different motives. I think. Um, what does that? What does that mean? Oh, my mom. My I don't know. My mom. I I think it just took my dad a while. Maybe I don't know if it was a motive thing. Oh, but to yeah. get organized. Yeah, where my mom being was in the military. Yeah, my mom was a little more like, I'm I'm gonna buckle in and like get this go, done. Yeah, go full throttle. So do you remember, how old were you when your parents got divorced? Like three. Really? Do you think yeah. it had anything to do with like your dad's job and stuff like that? Or uh, fam- that there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of that, but he had, had some fidelity issues ah. prior to. Ah. Um, so it was definitely. There's a combination. Yeah, there's a combination. So do you remember them getting divorced or did, what, like, can you, can you sum re- up in two, two minutes or less, like the effect it had on you? You can't. I but- don't, I don't remember it actively happening. I just remember kind of like, they, I remember a lot of, I have a, a handful of memories of like them being in the same house a lot and then not being in the same house. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? then eventually other partners coming around. They both had you know? other partners. Yeah, they're both they both remarried. That's good, right? Uh, Do you yeah, like, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I that's get along a good with thing. I I have to say I, I joke about them being divorced and how, you know, and of course it affected me, but in as far as those scenarios go, I hit the lottery because they both give a, a shit. They both always did give a shit about me and wanted to make sure that mm-hmm. I, I was taken care of. And then the people that they ended up with also gave a shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I got very lucky. Do you, so do you, do you, <coughs> but it says here in your bio, this is the whole reason you're here. Jim. <laughs> he has yet to completely accept his parents' divorce. Well, I guess I, you can joke about it because you have. That's what I'm yeah, going to say. Yeah, I joke about it to them because I think it's funny to make them oh, slightly uncomfortable. Oh, 
I, when I do shows in my hometown, a lot of times both parties will come, oh. and then I I joke about how this is finally the time that I've parent trapped them. Oh. And and they do get along, you know they they catch up with each other once in a while, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny. It's kind of funny now knowing like being an adult, it, having history of relationships successful and not successful i can see why that they would not have worked <laughs> right right but you would uh we chatted a little bit and you seem like pretty healthy as far as your own relationships go right yeah you've managed to have long-term relationships yeah you're in in one now yes yes and uh yeah i, I don't know I try, I try to be pretty active with that i was uh, you know again my mom was pretty mm-hmm. adamant like you have to care about this stuff like if you're mm-hmm. gonna if you're gonna in, be with somebody in my most superficial evaluation, I would say that Jim seems like a pretty good example of what being being together and being in a relationship is from Thanks. my very for my very first impression. Okay, I get a lot of compliments as as a couple, which oh uh, nice. really that's yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> it feels it feels nice. Like oh cool, I'm not. Hopefully this won't oh, blow good. up. You're making it work. You're making but I've it had, work. I mean, I've had bad ones. I've had failed. I was engaged once, and that that. Took Blue a dive, up. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I took I made the dive, but you 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 got out of it, yeah. Like not at the not at the wedding. Oh no no no! It wasn't like <laughs> at the altar. It wasn't that that no, quite. No, but that was bad. it like months beforehand? No, we didn't even have a date set. Oh okay. Yeah okay. We'd been engaged, I think, a year though. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it you still know. wasn't cool, but. <laughs> So anyway, so all in all, it sounds like you actually were not too traumatized by the divorce, if we can say that. No, I'll tell you if I'm if I'm really if I'm really diving into it, like uh, the thing I noticed, it was more the circumstances of the or not the circumstances, the the way the separation and the custody stuff worked, because I went back and forth every other week. Mm-hmm. from moms to dads mm-hmm. and so i i had this life where i was like first of all like i couldn't you know like when you're a kid and you have like maybe it maybe own 10 albums and a skateboard and a guitar or something right mm-hmm. those are your prized possessions mm-hmm. i go to my dad's i have five albums uh my skateboard's there, but I don't have the guitar. I go to my mom's the next oh. week. I have five albums. Oh. My guitar's there, but I I don't oh, have the skateboard. Crazy like, and, and then that's of and then you're also like like I said, like they got remarried and started their lives with their other oh, partners. Oh man! So they're so I'm basically I'm stepping into each, somebody else's somebody fucking else's world. World each week. Did your mom move in with her part? Did they move in with their partners? Or their partner? Yeah. So that's two households that you had to like readjust from. Yeah. So you must be angry about that. Uh, I'm not. I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah, I'm not angry, but I'm definitely like, it makes me go like, oh, like that. That's probably where you know this little tick or that little habit. It's annoying, but it's not like. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't getting abused. No, which is one of those. It reminds me of dating a guy that like lives in another neighborhood, and you have to drag (laughs) your shit around, and you never have the dress you want to wear to work. (laughs) Or you're you're just. I just felt like uh, I'm a visitor, you know. Yeah, no, I'm a visitor, and and sometimes everyone's excited to see me. Other times, it's like 
we had a bunch of other shit going on. Yeah. And now you're like, we got to make sure you get to but, baseball practice. But who, where did you, did you live with one? Did you go to school? Did you live with the same parent, your mom, I'm assuming, when you went to school every day? No, I, so I, that was the thing. Uh, I went, to, I went to school in Allentown and, and my mom would drive me on the days that I was, she uh, lived outside of Allentown. My dad lived in Allentown. So was it like two, three days in a row and then switching? It was like, no, like every Friday, like Friday, my dad would pick me up and I'd be at his house for the weekend and then the following week. And then the next Friday after school, mom oh, would pick me up and I'd be alternating there Alternating weeks. Right. Oh, that's And then it's like, carry, you got to, you know, I'm like, you got to remember what you have coming. Like, did you bring your books? Do you have your saxophone? Oh, yeah. Because also. Yeah, like, all that weird yeah, we have to like tell everybody that Jim Jim was in band in his marching band in school, mm-hmm. and uh, that is actually in a lot of your comedy. But it's also kind of what I think might have um, given you the idea of joining the army. Uh, Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Which yeah. Is- well, that that uh, that was a little more inspired by family history, I guess. Well, the military mm-hmm. thing. My dad was. He didn't want to get drafted, so he into Vietnam. So he joined the Air Force, mm-hmm. and then he had a uh, he had gotten a, a note from the doctor to mm-hmm. allow him to join, even though he had a surgery on his hip and he had some screws in his hip. Mm-hmm. And he was in basic training for like two weeks, and they were like, "You can't be here. This is not allowed." And they and he, they discharged him. Uh, my grandfather was a Marine. Ah, grandfather on the other side was in the Army. Um. So it seemed normal the, to everybody, you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody, yeah, uncles. That's what everybody did. That's what everybody did. If they weren't drafted, they enlisted. Right. So it seemed like a good option for you. Yeah. So and I ha- just found the Coast right. Guard. So I want to find out what happened, like how, um, like in 10th grade, what happened? You were, so you were obviously a very bright guy and you, you excelled in school. And then, and then did you get distracted at a certain point or what happened I, there? I, so in middle school, I think it was, or elementary early elementary school is one of those things where they're like, they kind of pull you aside and they're like, Hey, you know, you're testing really, I don't know how they explained it to me then, but they were like, you're testing really high on a lot of these things. So you're every day, um, you're going to go or every couple of days or whatever, you're going to go for uh, an hour long class with these other kids to work on special projects that, you know, like right, stimulate you and whatever. So you won't be bored. And I mean, I had no idea what was happening at the time. Like, I'm just like, oh, cool. I get, I'm now I'm with these other kids for an hour a day in the mm-hmm. library. Mm-hmm. And then it carried that carried on to middle school where I was in classes with those kids. And then obviously into high mm-hmm. school. And I was never academically an, much of an achiever as far as like grades went. Mm-hmm. It was always like. Were you not I, that motivated? Were you not? interested? I would just get bored. I had I have. I have focus issues for sure. Mm-hmm. I had them then. Mm-hmm. I still have them, but I've, it's, it has been a thing that I've worked and I, I've been medicated for it once or twice, mm-hmm. but I never really liked. What would you get? Is it? Uh, cons- I took concerta for a while. Oh yeah. Um, and I just never, I was always just kind of like, I don't want to, I, I like the way my brain works. Let me figure this out. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and and now at this point, like I've found my way into. Yeah, it works for you. A field that, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But at the time it was like, you're not getting good grades. You're in all these classes with kids who are super smart and going to planning on going to good schools. 
and all this stuff. And I was in a, I was in a big public school. Mm -hmm. So there was a, very big difference between what life was like in those classes and then mm-hmm. the rest uh, of the especially classes. Especially in Allen, we got to remember Allentown, Pennsylvania on the way down. There's probably a huge yeah. opioid problem there now, I bet. I don't know about yeah. that, but I would not surprise me. I mean, there's, Seems it's, like- we have issues of it in my family, so I can... I don't. Mm. I don't know if I'd credit it to the region or my family. Well, but you know, it's sad. It's certainly sad. easy to this get there. Country so fucked up. We. Yeah. I mean, we could. You know that that's definitely been covered on the media. How fucked up the country is. So anyway, um, so it sounds like um, so you were were you getting really bad grades? Were you were people was you were you getting pressure or like how did how did that go down? It was it was bad grades and then that kind of leads to self-esteem issues. Yeah. And then I had a guidance counselor like basically tell my parents like he's not college material. Wow. Like take it you can take him out of wow. his classes and put him in and he might get better grades and he'll feel better and and I think maybe she had the best intentions and it was like a weird time. I actually talked to her when I did Last Comic Standing because really? I think how that's co- what... You mean, how come? I mean, did, was it a coincidence? or did No, you- it was a... Th- I told the producers that story because they were like, how did you end up in comedy? And I was like, right. well, I did this mm-hmm. and then th- this led me to the military and then being in the military was so... felt so restricting that I needed to do something to get out of it. And, that's, and then I started doing comedy. That was my outlet. So we talked to that guidance counselor. She did not remember saying that. Um, so did they interview her? Is that what happened? Like, yeah, they last interviewed com- both of us. So if we us. go and look at co- last comic standing. I think they put it on the internet. We can see that I think replayed. If you, I think if they didn't air that on the show, but they did, they did my profile online. I'd love to find that online. and post this with your, when we post your episode. Yeah, I think I'm, it's still up there. Try yeah. to find that. I haven't looked in a while. So but. anyway, she, she like fucked with you. She fucked with you and your self-esteem and she would, she didn't, she was doing her best. She wanted to take the pressure off of you. I right. What were you like? Were you like a nervous kid or were you like an apathetic kid? Day, daydreamer. Did you have friends? Did you have yeah, like. Yeah, I did. I was good in that regard. Uh-huh. I was, I was, I would say I was one of those kids who was like, I was definitely on the nerdy side. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. I said, I was like short and fat, I had a weird bowl cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I played the saxophone and I was in oh, ROTC. And you were in band. And ROTC, was yeah. that weird? That would be really weird at my high school. Was that, it weird I mean, or it was, was not it sort cool. of normal? <laughs> was it sort of normal where you were? Uh, normal-ish normal-ish yeah was there was was everybody taking drugs and drinking except for you or yeah i mean i did some drinking in high school but very little i mean a lot of that has to do with like you know again like the going back and forth week to week kind of thing like your parents like know when you're supposed to be where you're at and then right. at some point you're also responsible for yourself right. a lot and it's like uh, you know, I didn't have time to like fuck it up. Yeah, and then and then also my dad moved away from Allentown oh. when I was in high school, and and just we just used my grandmother's address so I could keep going to that school. Oh man! So so now I went to high school. Then my parents both lived about a half hour away from where all my friends live. Oh, so that sucked. But you yeah. didn't have access to. Yeah, I got into most of my trouble like at yeah. my my and I was a dishwasher at a German food restaurant and then I worked in an amusement park. So I was like that's where I was doing the like after shifts, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking and uh-huh. oh. that's where I was getting into trouble. But 
um, at your job, at my job, <laughs> where at least you were getting paid for it or making money in that yeah. regard. So did you, um, how about, I think church, did you go to church? My family wasn't real big on church. When, when they were, when I was younger, my mom went through kind of like a, we went to this, we went to this Mennonite church. Mm-hmm. Familiar with Mennonite? Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like Amish, Amish light Amish people with weird outfits. Yeah, but they it's didn't. Like, most of them didn't wear the outfits. It was, but it was still very conservative. Um, and I never liked it. I, and I was pretty vocal about not liking it. In fact, one, <laughs> and then my dad started going too. But my dad went to a Lutheran church, and I got along with those kids so, a lot better. But church wasn't part of the influence. Not really. No. That wasn't the reason I wasn't that doing great. It was because I had a dad who was a cop, and my parents were. But that's not why you were like nerdy no <laughs> yeah okay. no i was just that way because i was like you know i was scared of get, screwing up i was scared of, yeah getting, getting in, in trouble and in, getting get getting put in jail yeah and just not super adventurous maybe yeah um mm-hmm. and i you know i also I, I had stuff i liked to do i i played music and i mm-hmm. um i loved skateboarding when i was oh, a kid cool and that can lead you to uh other bad behaviors, but it's also, it's a matter of who you're doing it with. If you're not doing it with people who do those things, then Mm -hmm. you're. So what was your head like when you, um, signed up for ROTC and the, and, uh, the Coast Guard. So you were in ROTC in high school. Yeah. It's like junior ROTC. Yeah. And why did you do that? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't even know. I think it was one of those things where like my dad was probably like, Hey, you should give that a try. And he was just like, Try it, you know. So you just for took six it for months. granted, and right. I was like, "All right, yeah, I'll try this." And what? Were, so where was your head when you um, signed up for going to the Coast Guard? Did you think like, "Oh, I'm not going to go to college. I suck." Were yeah. you thinking like, "I suck"? Well, I'm not I mean, smart. there was a couple factors. I mean, it was I was in the junior ROTC and it was Navy junior ROTC, so it was like this. I understood. I had like a military culture was like maybe not a super appealing to me, but I was not turned off by it mm-hmm. um and they you know you if you did rotc in high school you were you went into the military a pay grade higher even oh and, really <coughs> mm-hmm. oh. um and so, also so you were thinking i'm going to the military yeah yeah because i was not good in school um I didn't have any behavior issues but my parents were basically like they like they didn't go to college mm-hmm. um I had one cousin who went to college and he's a mm-hmm. doctor now, mm-hmm. uh, been a doctor forever, mm-hmm. but, um, it was just not a thing. Like they didn't know, they didn't know to go like, and they weren't creative people really. No, no. I mean, you know, they are in their own right. They're right. not like, of course, every, everyone is, that sounds so patronizing, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, they didn't think they weren't like thinking they weren't, they didn't, they didn't present you they didn't take you to museums. Like my Jew parents took me to museums. Uh, not a whole lot. In if Manhattan. I, no, if I <laughs> if I asked for it, you know what they were, uh, fairly encouraging. Yeah. At times, but uh, then also discouraging because it was always it was a little more like, we want you to be okay when you are not when you are an adult. Right. 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 We want you. We don't want you to to be some like flaky. Right. Weirdo. Um, right. We want you to have a foundation, basically. But and us, I, 
Also, going into the Coast Guard is a way to sort of like have a career without going to college. And then you get yeah. paid you paid for being in the Coast Guard. Oh, yeah. So you don't need – so it's like you get a job right out of college basically, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And, and that was also part of the appeal, you know. And, and my parents also told me like we can't pay for you to go to college. Right. And if your grades were like this in high school, it's not – they're not going to mysteriously improve. Right. No, it makes sense. Um. What were your ambitions at the time? Like, what were you thinking? I, I'm I'm still the same way that I was then, where I'm I'm a little bit scattered, and that was also, I think, a concern of theirs, mm-hmm. and it's still a concern of mine. I get um, it. <laughs> where you're like, it's like, well, what what, what do you want to do? Like, like you have you play music, uh, you love to draw and paint and do those things. Um, you you know, I I had a DJ phase in high school. Mm-hmm. I was in bands. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was a amusement park caricature artist. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was just like, I didn't know what I wanted to pick. And did, but were you thinking like something cr- creative? Like you yeah. don't seem the kind of person that you don't seem naturally the kind of person that would jive well in the Coast Guard. So no, like, I did was you naturally, have any sense of that or no? I was naturally much more creative. I kind of thought that like. I could still be both things. I could have this, I could go handle this thing that is very adult and discipline oriented because those things help you as an artist. Like, right. So you had that awareness. uh, Yeah, I think so. Or like, it was also just like, let me again, like I didn't want to be a fuck up. Hmm. So the easiest way for me to not be a fuck up was to go sign up and you know it it was 1999 we were at we're not at war uh the coast guard's a humanitarian service Mm -hmm. they had a lot of interesting career paths and i was just like yeah this will be good nobody could get everybody will get get off my back uh i'm not gonna get graded you know it's funny finally you have convinced me that going into the coast guard was a really good idea for you. <laughs> I actually see it now. But I you know I, what, yeah, I don't regret it. I have to remind people that they're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is such a great station to be listening to. And um you know, and especially like at this time when you know the media is the enemy of the people, so not. Uh we need your help. So you should go, you know, like we do this this is a non-profit organization and all all your donations are tax deductible, so you should go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate and give us some money because it will be put to very, very, very good use. And uh, um, you know what else? Uh, we have a teen squad. Did you know that? We have no. a teen squad for people who are not ready to sign up for the Coast Guard. You can come <laughs> here and take a really amazing class with Tom Tenney, the director of the station. And it's just such a killer program. And oh, some of the that. money will go. You would have been great on this, Jim. You know, you should you should do it. So and if you've just tuned in recently, I'm here with Jim Tews, who is a very successful, talented comedian, um, host of Quitting Comedy. And we are talking about his childhood to his 
blue-collar parents in Allentown and how he wound up going into the Coast Guard and subsequently a career in comedy. And it, we're trying to make sense of this, which is <laughs> all that. It doesn't seem as linear. It's starting to seem a little more linear. Yeah. So anyway, so what, what, so what were you, we, we, I mean, part of what we want to know is what you were like before the Coast Guard and what you, how it changed you and all that. But so can, can you tell us like what happened, how you went into the Coast Guard? What was that like getting used to being in the Coast Guard? It was that part of it was a hundred, like just beyond culture shock. I can't imagine. Cause even, even though I had a familiarity with like military culture from the junior ROTC stuff, you know, like we had, we even had like in high school, mini boot camps where you go to a, Boot, like you know, it's like being in camp boot camp. Outside. No, like uh, at, you know, you go to a navy base or an army base in uh, in Jersey or whatever for a week and oh. sleep in the barracks and you know eat crap, do food. PT and eat crappy food. Yeah, and clean toilets. Yeah, and uh, and uh, but that can't prepare you for this. No, that cannot prepare you for because you knew you know like you're still under the supervision of these adults. And you're going to go back home or whatever, whatever. But, but this thing was just like, you know, all, all my friends, I, I went to basic training in October. So I, I had basically seen a lot of my friends off to college, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like literally right. gone, dr- drove with them to Philadelphia Wow, to, you know, to, to wish Tyler them luck. School and, of art and yeah, like <laughs> it was like Drexel, um, uh, yeah, Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, Penn State. Yeah. And, you know, it was like that's what everybody was doing. Yeah. And it was cool and it seemed fun. And they're like, marijuana yeah, everywhere. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, girls everywhere, like uh, yeah. party. Oh, this, who October, are you? October, it's still warm out, no clothes. Yeah. Then I'm uh, and then I'm uh, going to get dropped off at the uh, uh, MEPS, it's called, in Philadelphia, where they just process you, and put you on a shuttle to the airport and then you go to Cape May, New Jersey. And I'm like on a bus, like pulling up to this place where I'm just in this bus with a bunch of other terrified young people. And you know, a guy gets on the, there's video. You can look at videos of it online. It's kind of like funny because I follow the coast guard coast guard on Instagram <laughs> and they were posting the one, the one week they did like, we're going to show you what basic training is like. Oh wow. And they, they show, they still do it this way. I thought they would get maybe they get maybe they get yeah, softer right, or something. Right. But like you know, you get you're literally on a bus. You pull up. That's a guy. Uh, several guys get on and women. Uh, my one of my drill instructors was a female. We could get on the bus and they just start screaming at you to get off the bus. You know, you go and you and you stand in line and they and it's just like this chaos. And you, you're you know for the first night you know, and the second night, and then they're figuring out who you are, what you do. You have to, you know, take a urinalysis test and like, you don't know anybody's name. You don't know anything. And then you're, you realize like, oh my God, I'm completely alone right now. (laughs) And I can't, I can't call my parents to come pick me up. I'm literally under contract to the United States government. And like, it was just a little bit weird when, you know, I'm like, I'm like 18 years old. I was terrified. 
Was everybody scared? Everybody was scared. Do yeah. Some people are there. People that cannot handle it. Yeah. I, and then I mean, what there happens? Were, like, what you're, happens you're, if you can't handle it? Do you freak out? Really? I mean, it's not even that. Like, it's not like I was in some sort of special forces. It was no, just the right. there's basic no. training. But some people, you know, like you, you would just watch the first like week or two. Just people are just going, just disappearing, and. And break it's down, either like mental breakdowns, mental breakdowns. Uh, you know, they they test positive for marijuana um, mm-hmm. uh, or, um, you know, what was the other? Oh, one girl was pregnant. Didn't find out till she got there. Mm-hmm. Um, Just shit this, happens. And then they yeah, let you go. Would, they let you out of your contract. They let you out. Really yeah. Like there's reasons. Up. You know, there's valid reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to stay? I did. Well, it was one of those things where I'm like, I can't. I don't know what I would do if I went back. Mm-hmm. Like the, right. I'm just going to be in this for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one kid. We were like he he was overweight mm-hmm. and like more so than right I was and and uh, so they gave him this extra job of so he'd get a little more physical activity. He had to go get the mail. So he had to walk from uh, every night uh, from our barracks to the main mm-hmm. office grab the mail and then come back to the barracks and they would obviously like yell at him a little extra mm-hmm. to go do that. And then one night we were standing in, in the bathroom uh, at the sink shaving and he started having a panic attack mm-hmm. and just fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know what, you know, like we called the, the uh, MPs com- company commander in, and, he runs in and just starts yelling at him some more to get to to calm down and breathe. He's yelling at him to calm down and breathe, and the kid's just like, <gasps> and <laughs> and and he was gone the next day. Mm. He was gone the next day. That is sad. It was just like, oh, he couldn't he, he couldn't handle this part of it. And I guess there uh, the logic is like, well, if you can't handle that and you're on a ship, you you can't have anybody panic because it will set off everyone else. Or well, you're, on, you you're in an emergency have, situation. You can't, uh, you know, but that, there's like things like that. Like that doesn't happen well, in college. Right. You know? No, that's horrible. Are you kidding? Uh, so what would you like? What's your, can you like, if you don't mind sharing, what would be like the worst thing that happened to you? Your worst incident, just so we can get an idea. Like, sh- Oh, for basic training, basic yeah, training. What, 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 to, to me personally. Yeah. What would oh. you say made it really hard? So again, like to go back to me being like where, where it's like part, like me being a kind of creative type, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I, I would write letters home obviously. And, uh, I was, so, you know, I was trying to be entertaining in mm-hmm. these letters to my mm-hmm. parents and friends and family. Mm-hmm. And we had these backpacks that we had to carry everywhere and you were not allowed to keep, you had a special notebook for letters home. Basically mm-hmm. you were, that notebook had to stay in your locker. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could take it with you at certain, certain occasions. So for some reason that notebook with the letters that had not been sent yet was in my backpack mm-hmm. and it was not supposed to be. And then they would do random backpack inspections Mm -hmm. and they uh, inspected my backpack, pulled out that letter, Mm -hmm. that notebook and read one of the first letters. And I started describing the company commanders drill. drill, They're not, they're called company, but the drill instructors, the people with the hats that scream at you. Yeah. Uh, I started describing them in a very illustrative way, Mm -hmm. trying to be funny. Like I called them the devil's own and like, you know, but I was just exaggerating, being trying to be funny. And they, 
I mean, they might have found it funny, but they couldn't, you know, they were just like, so this is what you really think of us. Like, you know, they're just grilling me on this thing. And they're like, all right. And they sent me to, uh, if you got in trouble, you had to go to this for, I think, a week, this thing called, or three days, four days, something like that. This mm-hmm. thing called the Performance Enhancement Platoon. So everybody who screwed up uh, at different points would go to this Performance Enhan- Enhancement Platoon. And you, they would make you wear this orange belt around the base. And you had to walk and say left every time your left foot hit the ground. So basically you became a beacon for any staff on base to stop you, inspect you. You know what I mean? You were just this magnet. And then you stayed in separate barracks where you had three drill instructors on you all the time. You woke up an hour early, earlier than everybody else. You went to bed an hour later. And then one night they would parade you around to the newer companies that were coming in to show them what happens happens. if you screw up wow that sounds like hazing at a fraternity frankly i mean it is that's that's basic training is hate was it horrible or like how bad i mean it's hard to even relate to what you're saying frankly how bad what was that like was it horrible i it's hard to say i can't say i had a i mean it was i mean i guess it's it was humiliation somewhat by design but also there was like a weird, like, it was like, this is why we're doing this mm. to you. Like, mm-hmm. and when it was over, it was never, it was not a thing. You were not like permanently mm-hmm. branded. Mm-hmm. You were just, it was just like, you screwed up. Here's your punishment. Now mm-hmm. go forth. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, it was all fine. Mm-hmm. And what about your relationships with the other guys or people? Was it mostly guys? Mostly guys. Was yeah. it lonely? No girls? No, there was girls, but I mean, you can't fraternize. It was very frowned upon. There was, there wasn't. So, what was, what were the, was there social activity or? No. I mean, social activity would be like at night, you know, like, I mean, one time we did go, uh, I was in during Thanksgiving and we went, they gave us like people from New Jersey, from like, Mm -hmm. uh, Cape May and Ocean City would come and Mm -hmm. families would come pick up recruits and take them to their house for Thanksgiving dinner. And then bring them back that night. So we got to do that. Oh, God. And I went with a friend uh, that I had made there. So is it really four years? No fun? No, when you get out, it's fine. Like when you, I mean, I was on a ship for seven months and that, you know, that's when, that's just basic training. This is eight weeks. Oh, I see. That's in so doc- it's not uh, back No, no, back. no. It's not full time. Not at all. When you get out, it's more, it's like being a, you know, it's probably closer to being like a, a firefighter or like a, you know, something like that. I guess. Um, so did you, what were the other people like? Did you feel like you, I mean, you know, cause you're a wacko comedian. So did you find other people that you had something in common with? Did I did. You have friends and- I did find friends, but it took, you know, they were a little more few and far between to find people I truly related to. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your take on the bulk? I mean, this is my impression is that they wouldn't be that educated and stuff. Is that true? That's, no, those are my it, horrible- no, Prejudice. it's well. The Coast Guard is is a little different. Look, uh-huh. you have the the ASVAB, which is the test you take to place for mil- like placement and mm-hmm. aptitude for military mm-hmm. stuff. Your score ASVAB, the requirement to get into the Coast Guard is higher than any of the other services. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, and you oh. have you can't have a GED. You have to have a diploma. Oh, I didn't um, know that. And yeah, it's a little more discerning. Um, so the people I was with, you know, a lot of them were, a lot of them had college degrees. A lot of of them had, a lot of them were older than me even. Um, 
Right. I met a lot of really great people. I bet. I bet. I did not know this about the Coast Guard. Yeah, such, nobody. It's a very. I don't know under, anything about it. It's, well, it's underrated. very small. It's a very small service. Yeah. Um. Well, I. I mean, I've worked on some advertising for the Army, so that's all I know about. It. But yeah, that's a whole other form of it. Um. So, what about your self-image? So, how did you feel? Like, what do you think changed? Um. About like how you saw yourself throughout being in in the coast guard like what do you how did you change uh, the one big thing i i remember having like this crazy like weird like epiphany kind of thing where it was just like oh i am entirely responsible for my own actions right now and when something goes wrong i have to figure my way out of it Mm -hmm. which is a thing that i don't know if I would have learned as fast otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I learned that at, you know, 18. And what do you mean? Can you give us an example? Where it was just like, um, if I forgot, you know, like the letters thing, like getting right. in trouble for that. I couldn't be like, come on, guys, don't worry about it. What's the deal? What's the big deal? Like, it, you know, like there's so no there was talking no your way out of it. No negotiation. Anything. It was just like, sometimes you do something, you don't think ahead, you suffer the punishment and you go deal with that. You can't call on a favor. You can't be like, you can't beg for forgiveness. It's just like a major personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going through that and then getting out, it was just like, okay. And, you know, when you do bad in school, your self-esteem takes a real dive because you don't, you get, you just hear all the time. You you see the grades, your parents get mad, your teachers get mad. And then you go through this thing, you make it through a thing that, you know, not everybody gets through. And then you're like. Oh, maybe I'm not such a screw up. So it made you feel better about yourself? Oh, for 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I got into it later and I got my and I had my job, I was not super great at my actual job. So then those problems started repeating themselves. Right. But then by that point, I was almost out and pursuing comedy. Mm-hmm. What was your job in the middle? In the- I was a yeoman. I was I did like personnel work. Like speaking like, to people? No, no, no. Like, uh, like human resources, basically. Yeah, human resources. Data, a lot of data entry people. and personnel. Oh, right. Yeah. And um, it was just boring. That's why I was bad at it. Right. Right. So that sounds like it was a really positive experience. And I just want it was reminding me of um, I saw this movie about like World War One and I was I was reminded of how like guys now don't have to go through any of that. And I think a lot of guys are structured in such a way that they may not be as organized or as like mothers or women or whatever. And I think that like if a guy went to the military and he could have gotten through all that, I do think there is some sort of respect that men had when every man did that, that yeah. they don't like, you know what I mean? Like if a guy went to Vietnam now, you think like, wow, he went through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's weird. It's a weird. It's part of being, it used to be a part of being a man that yeah. men don't have hang their hat on anymore. And no. I think it's kind of maybe a little bit confusing. Yeah, there's, and you know, being in a creative field, there's like a definite like cultural gap sometimes where it's just like, you know, I, I, uh, I can go to the VA. I was going to the VA for, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. for a little while because mm-hmm. they offered it. Good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And I would go to the VA in Manhattan once a week 
and I'm in this environment, you know, this was just like last year where I'm around a bunch of other veterans and people who have had uh, at least the common experience of, mm-hmm. you know, sir, giving a, mm-hmm. term, a, a portion of their life to mm-hmm. this thing. And it was so strange. It was like a weird co- comfort to be back in that environment mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. Um, after being in comedy where everything is like <laughs> nebulous and arbitrary and there is no chain of command. There is no. It's really obvious the difference between um, everything being in control and everything being out of control, really. Yeah. 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 So do you try to bring, so how, let's talk about how you evolved out of um, the Coast Guard into comedy. Do you, do you think that sense of control is something that you've brought to comedy? How did you, let's talk a little bit about how you, we well, only have 10 minutes. Well, I started to realize I like hosting a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of what, that control, that is control. I mean, per, you know, being a comedian is, is you're controlling the audience in some way, but the hosting thing I gravitated towards because it was like, Oh, I'm kind of like driving the ship. Like it's, it's a little more selfless. Mm -hmm. I don't get the ego feed of the, of the pop in star. Right. But I make sure everything runs on time. Mm -hmm. I have a job to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I am, I can, you know, right. Steer the boat. Mm -hmm. Um, is that a quality that you had before you went in the Coast Guard? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I lacked a lot of... Well, comedy gave me a lot of confidence to speak a little more, to be a little more vocal, mm-hmm. but also so did the military thing. And, you know, just just growing as a person, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. where you start to realize, well, if you don't speak, you won't, you won't, you won't get fed, whatever. <laughs> right. Like, Is that what would happen? In the military. Well, no, I'm just saying like in general, like you have to, you have to ensure your own. Right. Being responsible for yourself. Yeah. So do you feel like when you're with comedian, like in your career now, basically, um, do you feel like, I mean, it's kind of an advantage, but it's also like a certain kind of self-respect. I'm guessing that you don't see common in in most people that you're around, most people I know, I'm, I'm not like that. What here. with the, with with like the sense of um, self responsibility and control and getting things done and I stuff think like that. Or how, how I see that? it in some people that are that have it has, where it has no relation to the military thing. But some people are just some people just have that, you know. Yeah, that's are just, just some, naturally that way. Yeah, in comedy, it's not common. Hmm. Um. Do you think you would have been that way naturally? Um, no, no, I don't think so. It's a learned behavior. It's I a mean, little learned. I think it was. It might have been there, but it, the military thing kind of tapped into it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then comedy kind of tapped into my uh, weird, uh, looser side. Right. You know, when I found that, it was like I found another part of myself. Right. Because I think really good creative work comes out of having um, the right balance of structure and instinct, right? Yeah. So you have to be able, the more the more you use instinct, like in comedy, it's very instinctual in the moment, you have to have, make sure that you have enough back, enough organization behind that, right? Yeah. So that you, the, the, um, 
spontaneous part isn't is within a certain was in a very nicely made box. Right. Not as spontaneous <laughs> as it appears. Right. Right. right and right. and film stuff too. I went to school for film after I got out. Ah. And that that I find is a very was a very helpful experience to understand, you know, group organization being in charge of something. Mhm. That is required. The funniest movie on earth was a procedure you know right. a system a 17 days of you know so whatever did, did you see a lot of that happening like how to get like your missions done and stuff like that um we, like when in film school oh, i mean or, in in the in in the coast guard no it was just more like te- how to work as a team, team. yeah mm-hmm. and understanding like role clarity little mm-hmm. stuff like that like you know mm-hmm. or being selfless when it's required so what kind of things do you think now have been like do you are you conscious of the stuff that you learned um, in the Coast Guard when you do in your career now? Uh, not really. I think it's a little more habitual. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, th- there's a little, all kinds of little weird things I remember. You know, like I remember um, that we used to get this like Coast Guard magazine for free that is like, man, I would just mm-hmm. like read it when I was in the bathroom or whatever. And there's one, there was like some, somebody wrote like an op-ed about like having a goal and accomplishing it. Mm-hmm. And the basic thing was just like, what, mm-hmm. what if, every day you should wake up and say, what can I do today to get me closer to this goal? And it sounds like a dumb, simple thing, but mm-hmm. it was just like something like reading that. That mentality. That mentality. Yeah. Before there was like a bunch of Instagram memes that said that, uh, right. was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 This is how I should kind of be functioning. So, and, um, how about in your personal relationship in your intimate relationship um like you have a let's say you've been in a relationship for a long time it's yeah. a successful relationship so do you think that being in the coast guard helped you with that helped you have a successful relationship how do you think that works uh, i don't know how much that plays in i mean so she has asked me to wear my uniform uh, <laughs> really? but i told her like i don't know how well it would fit and it would probably look kind of dusty <laughs> at this point i want to see it too if that was in her shoes <laughs> Uh, but it, I mean, it's just more like, uh, you just being, it's like a self-respect thing. Like, let me be put together. The term in, in the, it, they call it squared away, which uh-huh. just means like your uniform's pressed. You are ready to go. You are, you have the plan of the day ready. Like, you know what you need to know to get mm-hmm. to the next thing. And like that to me is just like, it's just like self-discipline, just being, just self-respect, just being a good person. When you do those things, you are a better partner if you're not right having right. to be dragged along. Right. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. So I get maybe it's in a roundabout a certain way maturity. Yeah. 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 There's a certain also just like fundamental things like sharing a space. I hate I hate <laughs> sharing spaces. Things yeah. Like that. Are you good at that? I'm pretty good at that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I did. I lived on a been. ship for seven months. Uh, with a bunch of other dudes, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we're, I mean, yeah, the sharing a space thing, we're both not great. Like we would, I think we would probably both like live in a uh, two halves of a twin house mm-hmm. if we had our unlimited, unlimited resources. Who's messier? But what's that? Who's messier? Oh, good question. Are you uh, really neat? Me. Cause I'm like, a me- <laughs> I, I'm, a I'm like, bit. did that, you have to be neat a little in bit. the Coast Guard. A little bit. Right. Yeah. A so little bit. So has that, has that lasted or no? Yeah, that's lasted. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like, 
I mean, you have to tolerate a lot of people you don't like. It's got to be <laughs> like that, right? Yeah, in there, in, in the, the in the military. Yeah, right. I, well, you have to Not, work with people. It's just like a job. You have to work with people you don't necessarily get along with because yeah. uh, there's a, something that needs to get done or whatever. Right. So you've learned that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know no. if people learn that at like regular jobs no, out of college. Don't. No, they don't. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I think this this whole episode is going to be a great um, advertisement for the Coast Guard. Yeah. Well, t- today a- it came out that, that 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 officer had some sort of like crazy plan to shoot up a bunch of people. And he was he was a Coast Guard mm-hmm. officer, which is a real bummer. But I did read the article and he was a former Marine who uh, ended up in the Coast Guard afterwards. And so. lo- lost. That's craziness. <laughs> somebody lost their mind. Oh, that was yeah. reminding me of what I wanted to ask you. But before you left, which is to, so do you know how to shoot a gun? Yes, I do. Have you have you done it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never shot at anybody. Like, You've never no, shot at anybody? No. Have you shot at birds? Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up hunting. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, so I still, I will still go back once a year to go hunt with my dad. Oh, I no. haven't shot anything in years, but what do I don't sh- like to. I just, it's more to do something with my dad to what walk around the woods. What do you shoot at? Deer. We go buck hunting. You kill deer? I mean, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel, I mean, honestly, the, there's too many deer. They, I mean, he lives in a very rural area where they end up on the side of the road. It, it's like a, there's a process to it. And it's, you know, we, anytime anybody in the family gets one, it becomes food, you know, yeah, the whole thing right, is, right, right. it's not like trophy hunting. Right, right, right. I think, you know, how old were you when you learned how to use a gun? I was pretty young because my, like my dad was a cop, so I was probably like 12 or 13. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of them. I don't own one. <laughs> no, but I think like feeling comfortable with a gun um, is a certain, it, or like not demystifying guns. Yeah. I think has to have a certain kind of mentality, which um, in your, in your case is probably a good, good thing. You know, you're not, they're not as scary, but they're also not as power. They're not. You probably don't see them always as weapons. No. I mean, not weapons for what they, you know. Yeah, what we normal people see them Yeah, as. yeah. So there's probably something good about that. But I would imagine that would also have a big Im- impact on how you see being in, you know, joining a military operation. If you're already comfortable with guns, that must have been. Yeah. And again, the Coast Guard, way more humanitarian mission, which is why I chose them instead of any other branch. Right. I much would rather save people than hurt anybody. Right. Right. So anyway, you know what? We got one minute left, so we got to go. Thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having fascinating. me. Fascinating. I hope I that was wait. interesting. It was. I can't wait to to join the Coast Guard. I'm <laughs> definitely. I'm going to get my husband to, to sign up. Join, yeah, I think join the auxiliary. Um, so anyway, I want to tell everybody about the stuff that you're doing. <sighs> Um, you're going to be at the Comedy Cellar tomorrow, which is kind of a big deal. What time is that? That's at 7.30. The Fat Black Pussycat will be hosting that show. And then you're also going to the Middle East with Armed Force Entertainment. Yeah, That's they do. Exciting, it's like a USO right? kind of tour, but it's not the USO. It's just a different group. Yeah. And those people will have guns. They will. They'll probably not love the other you. comics. They'll love you. I'm hoping. Yeah, you'll identify with them. And um, also, I want to make sure that everybody listens to your podcast which is quittingcomedy.com mm-hmm. yeah and uh any other